Welcome to On Point, the mindset podcast for dancers, artists, athletes, and creatives. Helping artists get out of their heads so they can get into their creative bag. I'm your host, Latte, aka Lottie Dottie. What's up, y'all? I hope you are having a fabulous week so far. I'm getting my ass kicked this week for sure because I am like just now getting back heavy into my regular training Um, and I'm with Cameron and you know I'm trying to slam all these like foundation classes in and also uh, just getting right back into it and I feel like I'm just getting my ass handed to me this week it's a very like uh, humbling week which is Always very appreciated. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Always very appreciated. I am so sore. I am so sore. I actually just got back from Kira Harper and an ass kick. It's always an ass kick. It's it's such a good lesson every single time. So um, that's how my week is going. It's going awesome. Also, I have to thank all of my beautiful new friends uh, who have joined my mailing list. If you are just tuning in, I have my mailing list set up and running. It's in the description box below or in the comment section or wherever, whatever you're listening in on. It's in the little info section. If you enjoy these conversations that we have on the podcast and if you're interested in working with me one on one to get out of your head so you can get into your dance bag and really focus on your craft. Make sure that you join. I'll be coming out with a mindset and dance workbook as well as a two-month coaching program. So stay tuned. This week, I wanted to talk a little bit about finances as a dancer. Don't dissociate. Don't dissociate, bestie, okay? I know like when we start talking about this kind of stuff, it makes you kind of gloss over a bit. Uh, if you're not naturally interested, but I think it's important to have these kind of conversations, okay? And you know me, we're not just talking straight finances. We're talking about the mindset of dance and how it's influencing your spending and your finances. It's important stuff. I did a little poll online to see what all of your biggest expenses were as far as dancing and what you're spending it on. And y'all spoke. Y'all gave the answers, okay? 80% of you guys said that your money for dance is going to classes and education and continuing education, master classes. You all said it's expensive as hell, okay? 15% of y'all said quality shoes. Y'all know... Y'all know how I feel about shoes, okay? If you've been listening, you guys know how I feel about virtues. Um, And 5% of you guys said filming. I think this was coming from uh, the choreographers or a lot of teachers. So I I definitely agree. But so what y'all saying is the hobby that we chose, the passion that we have, it's expensive. It's expensive. And if you don't have the right mindset that goes along with that hobby and that passion, you're going to be spending your money in spaces that don't really make sense and it's gonna make you go broke and we're trying to beat these starving artist allegations i'm so over that shit okay i make jokes about it with my husband but i'm it's not a joke it's very serious stuff and dancers deserve to get paid artists deserve to get paid so uh this episode is for you okay so real shit our classes that we take are easily about 20 to 30 dollars and if you do any type of 
membership or intensive specialized training, um, you're spending anywhere on the low end, maybe like $100 upwards. Shit. Back in 2019, I dropped like my whole tax refund, like $1,200 on Galen Hooks. Very valuable. Um, But it's expensive. It's expensive. Okay. And even recently, like, I think I did, how much was Yanis? Yanis was like $500. Uh, I took with Tia. She was like four or $500. I've taken with Kira. How much was Kira? This is back in 2019. I think it was like 200. It's expensive. Okay. Um, and I've heard of even more expensive training programs. So we're spending a lot of money, guys. And if you're part of like a company, Um, or a team, you're going to have dues to pay. You know, you have a monthly kind of like membership thing that you're paying on a monthly basis or a yearly basis. You're going to have uniforms to pay for, team expenses, things like that. So the truth is we do have an expensive hobby or expensive passion. You know, some of us, this is a line of work and we haven't, you know, there's money that goes into a business and growing the business um, so we can get money back. And if this is your hobby or your passion, you're still putting money into investing in yourself and it gets pricey if we're not paying attention. And like I said, one thing about training in classes is if you're taking your craft seriously, you're going to want to invest. So this is a continuous expense that we have. Okay. I like to call it investment because it is an investment in yourself. You are developing your craft and you should want to and you should want to put money and time and effort and energy into becoming a better dancer. And even if you go the like quote unquote cheaper route, right? And you want to do online options, which is great. You can get some really great training online. You're still you're still spending money. <laughs> um Steezy is a really great online platform for training dancers. Uh, I think Millennium has their like red wall training, Kitty Compound, right? So yeah, you do have these online trainings that you can utilize, but it adds up. Now on top of the price of class itself, we got all the extra shit that goes into being a dancer. How about transportation? If you don't live in a dance hub, you are spending gas and travel to get there. When I lived in San Diego, I would drive to LA obviously and it was like a half a tank of gas here and then half a tank of gas back. So gas is expensive now. Shit. You can't be paying all that gas. Like you have to take into consideration the gas that and the time that you're taking to get to and from class. When I lived in Stockton, I had a friend who would go-go dance in Sacramento. And so every Friday she would commute to Sacramento and come back And I mean, that was back in the day, but it's a pretty normalized thing for dancers to travel to get to these hubs. Even in L.A., I talk to dancers now and they're like, hey, I'm visiting from Vegas or hey, I'm visiting from Houston. It's just very normalized. What if you need childcare? What if you're a parent? That's a huge expense paying for a babysitter every single time you want to dance. I mean, I'm not a mom yet, but um, I know that I'm going to have to put aside either daycare money or bring my kid with me or I'm gonna have to think about that expense. And there's a lot of my clients that have that responsibility now or having to take work off because of dance training. So I don't know if I mentioned this when I was initially planning to train with Kat and I didn't know if I was gonna make it or not. 
Um, I did have to like plan work ahead of time. So I took off like seven Wednesdays. I took off Wednesdays all this month and all next month just to make sure that I was like ready and available to go. Well, I didn't make it, which is fine. But now I have all this time off of work and shit, that's extra money that I could be making. So I'm trying to, instead of like scrounging and just like putting myself back on the schedule, I'm utilizing my time and I'm trying to invest it in a way where it's going to make me money back. Like, I don't know whether it's teaching a class or a private. Oh, and we haven't even talked about like dance clothes or dance shoes. Sometimes you can look out and get things for cheap, right? But if you're on a team, there's like a required uniform. And if you're getting ready for competitions, them shits get expensive. You have all white shoes, makeup, getting your hair done, you name it. You're you're spending money on it. And like I said, we all love bird shoes, but I don't think I can find a pair on their website for less than like $100. It gets pretty pricey. And we run through them so quickly. Like, I feel like I'm like, when I buy bird shoes... I hope Burjus never hears this. <laughs> when I buy Burjus, I go through them so quickly that they like fall apart so quickly. I don't know if I'm just like hard on my heels or what. I try to like rotate them out, but they like fall apart so quickly. So I'm spending like chunks of money at a time. What about marketing if you're a teacher, right? Payment processing fees, website fees. Oh my God, headshots. When you do headshots, you got to pay the photographer. You got to pay the space. You got to pay the stylist, which is always a wise choice to get one. You got to pay for hair. You got to pay for makeup. That shit can rack up. I feel like on the low end, if you're doing new headshots, you're going to spend maybe like 400 And on the high end, shit, you might spend like $800, $900. Like I'm talking like hair, like makeup. Like think about all the extra stuff that wardrobe, like everything that goes into the one, the, the couple pictures that you're going to get. Videography, shit. I have paid, I, I did a concept video a couple years back and I think I paid around like a grand or something. Um, it was it was pricey, but with the spacing, with the rehearsal, with the videography, like everything coming together, it was about a grand, okay? I budgeted for it, so it wasn't like too shocking, but... You know, if you don't have the budget for something like that kind of sucks because you do have to be realistic. Like you want to rehearse your people, obviously. So you're going to need rehearsal space and like who's paying for that? You know what I mean? And then the videographer, of course, you want to respect their fees. So I never haggle with videographers. Their price is their price. Uh, but the space as well. And then are you paying your dancers? Are you paying your dancers? And if you're not, how can you like compensate them in a way like if they're your friends, you know, so there's a lot of finances that go into dance. And I think as artists, we just like gloss over and we just don't want to think about it because we don't want it kind of mucking up what we do. And we just want to dance. We just want to like feel good. We don't want to think about that. And, and for a lot of people, finances is a very like stressful, intense topic. I know for myself, at least growing up in like my early 20s, it was because I just wasn't educated on it. I'm still not educated on it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I'm trying to change my mindset on it so then I can become more empowered. And then when I'm making decisions regarding dance and regarding finances, I can make them without feeling stressed or feeling um, like I'm being irresponsible and then feeling guilty and then ultimately not having a good time with my dancing. I could come from a more empowered place. And so that's what I want this conversation to be more about.
And so how to exactly does our mindset fall into this, right? Well, in two ways. One, if you are not fully in your dance mindset bag and you are tuned in to what you want as a dancer, okay, you are going to be very easily swayed and influenced into doing and paying for a lot of dance things that you don't really align with and you're going to end up wasting money. It's simple. You got to have a strong hold on yourself as a dancer and know exactly who you are. So when you're placing your energy, your time, your finances, your money, okay, that you work hard for into these classes or these programs or what have you, it's not from a place of FOMO, it's from a place of empowerment. And secondly, if we don't have a healthy relationship with our finances in general, we're gonna allow dancing to get us into some very sticky situations. And I will wholeheartedly admit, bitch, this used to be me. <laughs> I I don't didn't care what, like if I was setting my last quarter on a dance class, I was gonna go. And that's just like not... It's not smart. It's not responsible. And at the end of the day, you just don't feel good. I don't claim this energy no more. Y'all know, y'all know, y'all know who my husband is. Okay. He's like, he's, he, that's his brain. Okay. His brain is like finances and stuff. So he's taught me a lot and I've learned a lot. And we have like a financial advisor now. We're actually going to talk to him on Friday. And it's really helping me like release my, ego and my negative emotions surrounding money and finances. So then I have a budget for my dancing and this is actually making me a better dancer because now I'm searching for places that I can place my money that is going to give me the most bang for the buck. You know what I mean? That's going to fulfill me a lot more. And then when I'm training, I'm like, yo, this is $20. I better pull up. I better pull up, bitch. Like this is my 20, my $120 that I get to spend this week. I better pull up and pay attention. Basically, if I if I know that I'm like really, this is my allowance this week on this dance class, I'm going to really tap into that dance class. But if I'm just like spending money, whatever, I don't care, then I just am not taking it as seriously for me at least. So it's actually, I feel like making me way more focused and intentional with my training. So we'll dive into a couple concepts um, a little bit more. But really, like I said, I just wanted this week's conversation to be just kind of like an eye opener for us. I'm not a pro. Uh, I'm for sure working on my relationship with finances in real time. So I'll share a little bit with you guys. And having this type of conversation with myself has really allowed me to get clear on what I value as a dancer and what really matters to me and what type of training I truly need. It has also made me value dancing just so much more because like I said, I'm not tossing money here and there and taking classes willy nilly. I have so much more intention and I just appreciate the dance spaces I go into so much more. So let me tell you a few stories to start. So when I was young, Lottie, Okay, just moved to San Diego and I was like, yes, bitch, I want to work. I want to work as a dancer. Just give me anything and everything. Right. And also I'm a broke 21 year old. So literally give me anything so I can pay my bills like the struggle. Okay. I auditioned to be a go-go dancer in downtown San Diego. So gas lamp and it was popping, bitch. I started working and I worked Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, every single weekend and like 9 p.m. to 2 p.m. Holidays, obviously, you got to like get it popping. And I did 
I worked all the time because I was broke as shit. Okay. Like 20, just 21, a mess. You know what I mean? Like not, not responsible. And it was fun at first, right? Like the nightlife. But like, let me tell you, a year of doing that, I got so burnt out, burnt out. And I think for me, bitch, okay, for me, I think that for me, that lifestyle that came with go-going, I just couldn't like balance it well. Like it was, I mean, I was like 21. There was no like turning off the party. Like it just continued, okay? And then... I was showing up for work again. <laughs> like I said, I was partying. I was, it, it was happening every single weekend and I got burnt out. And the money that I made was was good, you know, it was like cash. Um, but I was still like living paycheck to ch- paycheck because my spending was so stupid. Like I was just spending stupid money. And I wasn't thinking of taking that money and then investing in myself as a dancer. I was not being responsible. I don't know, bitch, maybe like less partying and like put that into dance classes or something. Like, I don't know. I don't live that life. Mamas. I was going, I was, I had to live that life. And I'm very, I'm grateful that I did because I wouldn't literally not be the person that I am today. If I had not been such a hot mess in my twenties, but we are very happy. We are not uh, a hot mess in our twenties anymore. So what eventually happened with me is I got so burnt out. I started to hate going to work. I heard it started hating dancing like bitch. You had such a it was a it was a fun job. Like if I like think back like it was such a chill vibe like I ruined that for myself. So I started to hate the idea of of dancing for live events even. Okay, it just became like so cringe to me. Like that's how I had like a physical repulsion to go going I I just was so over it when I was like over it okay but it was because to me it was just such hard work because I was trying to make back all that money that I would spend during the week and like I said I did it to myself I had to work and I needed the money and so once I entered my dental girl era I was like that's it I'm never dancing for work again I remember like literally in my brain like I'm never dancing for work again it has taken me years years to get over that cringe okay even now I got offered a someone hit me up like literally earlier this week and was like do you want to do a dance job like I need you boop and it pays this and I'm like Mm, I was so hesitant and then when I did like give my answer I was like "Mm, after I get off work I am like ready and available but like bitch you know that they need you all day like come on I'm giving that half-ass answer so even giving that answer I was like yeah uh they're definitely gonna say no and they did and they said hey do you have anybody else in mind I said sure and then I sent them you know all my friends but It's just so crazy because it's like something like it's like as dancers, we always want to work. But I mean, shit, you guys, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But when people are like, what's your dream job? Like, bitch, I don't have a dream job. I don't want to work. Who wants to work? So it's kind of it's kind of hard for me because I'm like, yes, I want to work as a dancer. But like, I feel like I still am like working that mindset to get over that cringe to like it's work. You know what I'm saying? It's work. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know if a lot of people understand, like it's 
still work, you guys. And the money that you get, you still need to budget accordingly. It's not like you, you just like extra money. You know what I mean? You still need to take that money Think about taxes, right? You need to think about retirement. You need to think about healthcare. Anyhow, all of that. We'll get into it, okay? And it sucks. Like I said, if I would have just treated that first go-go job like a formal job, I probably would not have this ick that I that I do have nowadays. I didn't have that level of maturity to look at go-going and be like, this is an income. I should be taking this money and investing in my future self. So that's why I want to share my stories with you guys, because I know that there's I know that there's people there right now and I want them to come from a more empowered place so that they have a long term career that they have a good relationship with and not living paycheck to paycheck. That's the worst to live like that. I lived like that for years. Okay. Oh, and also side note, this is so bad. My boss at the time, I don't know if I can't remember how I told you guys this. My boss at the time, I remember her chewing me out because my initial interview, I showed up so fucking relaxed. I showed up so fucking relaxed. No dance resume, bitch, just vibes like probably just came from the beach or some fucking San Diego type shit. And she's like, you're so lucky. I like you, but you are so fucking unprofessional. And that was a huge lesson for me. Like, I don't know what the... 20-year-old me was on some shit. I don't know what was going on. I was just, woo! As entertainers, a lot of the gigs that we get as well, they are going to be infrequent, right? Like, if you're lucky, you're having consistent work, but there's a lot of dancers that go long periods of time without working if you're not like hustle, hustle, hustle. And so you really have to learn how to budget accordingly because what are you going to do when the jobs aren't coming in? Like, we just had that writer strike for like, a majority of last year and like nobody was working so like how do you how do you plan for that what do you do what do you, how do you fall back on your finances in that way so I got another story for you and this actually is a little bit more recent I think I talked a little bit about this but not about the like financial side so when I first moved to LA in 2022 when I initially got here I went crazy of course, as we all do. I took every single fucking class. I took every single class because I had FOMO for so long when I lived in the Bay Area. And I was like, dude, when I get, when I move to LA and I'm take, when I have the opportunity, I'm taking every single class. And I did. I did. And it was so expensive. But at the time, I was blindsided. I was just like, I am not missing anything. I'm in every class. I was in every class. It was insane. So I went buck wild. I was in everybody's class. I think at one point I was taking like two classes a day, maybe three, six days a week. It was insane. And I was spending over, I mean, every class is like $20. You know, it's like $500 worth of classes maybe a month. Bitch, that's a car payment. Oh, my God. Very gratefully, I, I have a good job now and I have an expendable income, right? Or what do they call it? Me and Aaron are dinks, dual income, no kids. Okay, period. We're dinks. And at the time I was just like, I'm taking care of my inner child. I'm going to put my inner child in so many dance classes. I really thought about it that way and it was very cute. It was very cute. But it was irresponsible. And my sweet husband, my very, very sweet husband, he's very supportive and he will never tell me what to do. But he'd be like, mm, it's a lot of spending on dance classes. <laughs> like even now he'll be like, mm, yeah, it's expensive. But he, he's never going to say don't don't do anything like never. He would never. But when I would like hear those comments, I would just kind of like ignore them. And I would just be like, I don't care. Like I, I 
I'm going to treat myself, right? But dude, if we're constantly treating ourselves like that is so expensive. Can you imagine if you just go treat yourself to everything, everything that you ever wanted, just go buying anything like crazy, that would be insane. So why do we do that with dance classes? Like maybe we can't take every single dance class. So I really sat down and thought about it one day and it was financially irresponsible. Surprise, surprise. I can't remember what the turning point was for me to really flip my mindset surrounding spending every single fucking quarter I had on dancing. I think I just started to think more about our future as parents and the fact that, you know, we want to buy a house and I want to pay off my student loans and just a whole bunch of other financial goals that I have for myself outside of dance. And I started to realize that if I continue to spend my money on dance the way that I was, which was like not strategic, that I wasn't going to be able to obtain any of those goals. And yes, dancing is 100% my passion. Like I'm going to do it until the day that I die. But maybe that just meant I needed to be more specific with my passion and not just take everything and anything. I needed to be narrowing narrowing down where I wanted to be in as far as the spaces that I want to dance in. Y'all already know what I say. The sauce is always in the specifics, okay? So that was last summer. So now we are way more, I feel way more aligned and I'm more aligned in my dance headspace and now I'm more aligned in my finances. I feel like my husband even said, he's like, I can kind of notice that you're not spending as much. And I'm like, yeah. And I, I've been paying off a few credit cards and um, consolidating like my student loan. It feels really good. I like, I, that's so like old headish of me, but it really feels so empowering to like get control of your finances. Like, I don't know. I spent like all of my twenties just like in shambles. So it feels really good now. And it's crazy because I not only can see a difference in the way I'm spending money, but the way that I'm training. I'm so much more meticulous with who I train with. I don't just be taking anybody's classes no more. I'm like so meticulous about where I'm taking class and why I'm taking class. You know what I mean? When you're spending money just left and right in any sort of class that pops up, you're not very focused with your intention in those classes. So let's say I only have like $5 for the week and dance classes cost $1. This is such an exaggeration, okay? You can take five different classes. That's a great way to, to take five different classes. That's cool. You know what I mean? But training and becoming a better dancer comes with consistency. Like, the, a big lesson for me last year was consistency. And you it's really hard to be consistent in all five different things. Sometimes you need to narrow down. And so maybe you spend your $5 on one class. That's very consistent. Or maybe you spend your $5 on two classes. You know what I mean? So like $3 <laughs> in one class and $2. Oh, wouldn't you love for dance classes to be a dollar? Shit. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, you can be everywhere, which is, you know, cool. Or you can be in one focused place and be very consistent with your training. You're spending the same amount of money, but one is going to give you more results. It really is. The consistency, you can't beat it. You cannot beat that. Like I said, obviously dance classes cost more than a dollar, but the example still holds weight. You don't want to be everywhere with your training. You want to be in a narrow down space where you get the most bang for your buck. 
You want to be in spaces that you know you will apply yourself so you are getting the most bang for your buck. You want to make sure that your money is giving you value, okay? Just because something is expensive also, it doesn't mean that it's always of value to you. So I've, I've taken some trainings that were fucking pricey, okay? Pricey as shit. And at the end of them, I was kind of like, I, I was just kind of like, I don't think this training was for me. You know what I mean? And it was very exp- it, it, it was very expensive. So I was like, oh, this is that shit. This is that shit that's going to make me a better dancer. And then I did it and I was like, hmm. it was good. Like, it's always good. I just don't think I was the right audience. Like, I wasn't the target audience for it. You know, obviously, if someone came in there with a different intention and that training was their intention, they got exactly what they wanted. But for where I'm at with my training, I was just kind of like, I needed something else and I spent all this money. So I was not regretful because I don't like to be regretful. (laughs) But that money could have served me in a different way. Do you know what I mean? But I also let I just see I let FOMO get in the way. And and then I spent like it was like over $500. So expensive. Do you know what dance classes you could wait $500. You know what else I could do with $500? Put a chunk on my credit card. Anyways. My point being, penny pinching actually makes you a more focused dancer with your training. Even me right now, you guys know I'm with like Cameron and his mentorships are not cheap. So when I show up, I'm just like focus on 10, like pull up, bitch. Like don't let all these lessons go in one ear and out the other ear. Like make sure you sit and absorb and you take notes and you should see my app like or my notes app. I have notes in there. Like he doesn't even tell us to take notes. I just take them because I'm like, ah, bitch value. Hello. I paid for this. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to be an ex- a sponge as fuck because I spent money on that. So I'm so much more focused every single time I show up. But you also need to understand that spending money doesn't equate to growth. There's been times I've spent like $50, $20 and gotten some bomb some bomb 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 training okay the solution to being a better dancer is going to be being focused and being specific with your training it really is it's not about spending money but obviously training costs money so if you're putting your money anywhere you better make sure that it's serving you and you better make sure that it's the training that is right for you otherwise it just ends up being A waste of money, in my opinion. So before every single class, before every single class, I really do this. Before every single class, before I put it in my cart and swipe my little credit card, my little debit card, I ask myself, is this going to make me a better dancer? Or how is this adding value to my dancing? Or how will I make myself work extra hard in that class for the money that I'm spending? Period. If If I don't have the answer to those questions, like if I'm just like, it's a fun class. We don't need fun classes right now. Like fun classes, they're like candy. You take them sometimes. That's cool. But like right now we need like the meats and the potatoes classes right now. You know what I mean? Am I spending my $20 to work specifically on texture? Am I spending it to to get a specific video? Am I spending it to get a, a to practice a specific type of pocket? What specifically am I wanting from myself that is worth that $20? You got to oh, $20. You can't just be, $20 be adding up, bro. It'd be adding up. And yes, like I said, it's okay to spend money in spaces that make you happy. Like 
oh, it's a fun class. I just want to take it. But what if you're like taking like all fun classes, like all of them are just fun. And then a really good training opportunity comes up that's a little bit more expensive. And you're like, damn, I spent all my money in the fun class. And now when I want to actually focus in and train, I spent all my quarters. I ain't got no quarters left for this really good training opportunity. So you might want to be a little bit more reserved with your fun classes. And I know they're fun. And yes, we're building confidence. But confidence is also going to come from like just being like a more disciplined and better dancer too, like a more thoroughly trained dancer. FOMO sucks, okay? And telling yourself no sucks, but it's also gonna make you stronger and it's gonna make you more focused. I think I told my husband this, there's like power in telling yourself no. You should tell yourself like no 10 times a day. Like the more that you tell yourself no, the the stronger your self-discipline muscle becomes, you know what I mean? So yes, FOMO sucks. And I was dealing with that last like September, October, November, when I wasn't really used to being frugal as frugal, frugal, <laughs> I hate that word, ew, the ick, the ick on the word frugal, frugal and budget. I really still hate those words. I just, ew, I hate them. Um, when I was trying to be smarter with my spending, there we go. It was stressing me out because I was not used to this mindset. And so I would want to go spend money and I wouldn't want to go take every single class. But now that I've practiced that muscle so much, I'm kind of like, I'm not going to that class. Uh, let me think about going, going to class. Actually, let me go to the gym because I already paid for that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think I'm going to take class at home because I'm, I'm saving up for this really big training that I'm doing the end of the month. Like, I'm so much more strategic and it kind of feels good. kind of feels like a little... Like, no, I, I don't put my, myself in every single space. I hold my money um, for the spaces that really are going to give me value. Like, it kind of feels bougie a little bit. You just got to switch it up. You got to be like, you know, I'm be like really bougie about my trading. Like, I'm not going to just spend my money anywhere. Like that, ooh, I kind of like how that sounds too. I might use that one. That one's, that one's kind of good. But you're looking at it like an investment and you just want to be very matter of fact about it. You don't want to be a broke dancer. I'm sick of this. We're, we're, you want to be a smart dancer. You Not every training opportunity is for you. Not every class is for you. Do not let FOMO dictate where you're taking classes because then FOMO is dictating where you're spending your money and how you're spending your money and your finances. 2024, bitch, we're beating the broke dancer allegations, okay? The second thing I want to talk about is treating your dancing like a business. And there is a few ways you can do this one. You need to understand that if you're a dancer a working dancer receiving payments that you are a 1099 contractor actually. And uh, you're rarely a W-2 employee. Now, in some cases, if you're working for a studio, check this because I've worked for studios that I was a 1099 contractor and I've worked for studios where I'm a W-2 employee. Me personally, I prefer being 1099. There's just like more write-offs things you can do with it but it's up to the studio that you work for now obviously if you're freelancing taking payments like holding pop-up and stuff like that you are 1099 and hopefully have some sort of business entity set up because there's also write-offs that go along with that like i i see a lot of people taking like venmo payments which is fine um 
if you're like able to like keep track and still do taxes with that at the end of the year, because you can write stuff off like, yeah, you're going to have to pay taxes on it, but you're going to be able to write stuff off. And if you're smart about it and you have a good CBA, they can help you with that. So don't be like don't be like shady friend. <laughs> I've been there, though, too. When I first started, I just like didn't know. So I was just like, fuck it. Um Cash app, Venmo me, like I literally don't care. When you are 1099, you're going to be managing your money just way differently. Um, and you're also, like I said, going to be taxed way differently. Um, I want to stress that if you're a dance teacher taking payments for classes, at some point you are going to have to pay taxes on those. And I want to give you like a heads up, like from like my research that I've been doing, the IRS has like been super lax on this. But from what I was reading, not this year, but next year, I think Venmo, Cash App, all them are going to be sending out 1099 forms like during tax season. So I don't want you to be like shocked and surprised, but that might be happening. I think it is happening. So this is a good year to, I don't want to say practice, but just get some sort of something set up so when 2025 rolls around, you're not like shocked and appalled when when you get stuff in the mail. Also, you're going to want to like set up some sort of retirement. Um, I would Google the difference between like 401ks, IRAs, if you set up your LLC, if you're paying yourself out through your LLC, um, work with a CPA. I highly, highly recommend it. Maybe somebody who's nuanced in entertainment. That way you guys can mitigate your taxes and just write things off. Everyone's situation is like a little different, but I do prefer the 1099 route because we already have some sort of family business. So we just funnel all the dance stuff through there. Um, we're able to like pay ourselves out and then write stuff off, write off videographers as marketing. If you're driving, that's transportation, write that shit off. There's so many things that you can take advantage of. If you work from home, you can write a portion of your rent off. But like I said, I'm not a pro. So hire a CPA, <laughs> hire a CPA that knows exactly what they're doing. And it's not something that's like, needs to be scary at all because I think some people get like kind of nervous they're like oh no taxes it's it's not that bad you have to remember that like other professions that work for themselves like hairdressers they do this barbers they do this other freelancers do this too so it just doesn't make sense that dancers don't utilize this a lot more also health insurance okay I know so many dancers that don't have health insurance and it sucks it really should be accessible to everybody and it's not so what are you gonna do do you have some sort of account set aside for emergencies with extra money that you're putting in there? It sucks. I hate seeing GoFundMes for dancers. It like makes me so sad. I will say that I do see a lot of dancers and artists getting way more savvy to all of this. I think that we are all getting tired of the starving artist trope. If you guys follow Dancers Alliance, you will see that they are heavy on working and raising dancer rates which is important because dancers deserve to get paid just as much as any other artist. We be working hard, but they are also only as strong as their individual dancers. So if there's a bunch of dancers who are still accepting jobs for rates that are way less than they should be getting paid, then it's hard for everyone to stand in unison and really fight for higher wages. 
it's it's hard too because I also see that people accept jobs for less because they're trying to make ends meet. Like it's hard out here. It's hard out here for everybody. So it's hard on both sides, but nothing's going to change if we don't apply a little pressure. I really do admire the writers, how they were able to stand together and so they could get higher wages. That's why we support the Dancers Alliance because that's what they're pushing for. So our homework this week, because you know I got to give us homework. You know I got to give us homework. Let's start paying attention to how we spend money this month. Hmm? Or, I mean, hey, if you want to start in February, it's okay. And February will be a good month to practice because it's a short month, right? This includes classes, dance shoes, gas to get to and from class, taking time off work for dancing, maybe childcare as an expense if you're spending money to a babysitter while you go to class. And I want you to look at the amount of money that you are truly spending on dance. And then I want you to look at that amount of money and then look at other areas of your life and see what you could do in other areas of your life if you had that amount of money available to you. I'm not saying completely wipe out dance. Don't go there. I'm just saying, if you spend $500 a month on dancing, where could you spend $500 elsewhere in your life? And then just become aware of that. We start with awareness first, okay? That's all. just baby steps. Just looking at that and getting the facts. Because a lot of us like to just spend money on dance and just like not look. Ah, that was me, bitch. I would just, and not even look at my, you know when you just like don't want to open up your bank account because you're just like, I don't want to look. If I don't look, it's like nothing happened. No, we're going to look. <laughs> we're going to look, okay? I want you to look and see. Okay, you're spending $20 here, $20 there, $20 here, $20 there. I bought shoes. Ooh, I bought some new shoes. I am doing this training. I'm doing this. I drove here for this class. Like, add it all up, okay? And it's going to feel like, oh, God, I don't want to. Add it the fuck up and then, like, look at it and then be like, okay, if I just pretend, like, if I didn't dance at all, what would you do with that 500 or what would you do with that X amount? Pay off on my credit card, maybe. Mm, save up for a vacation because I deserve it. Save money for some sort of health situation, emergency. Buy something nice for your spouse or your kids or your mom or your dad or your friends. Save up for retirement, whatever. Step number two, and this is where we practice our little self-discipline and it's going to feel good. You're going to feel bougie about it. You're gonna be, I don't spend money anywhere. I spend money on shit that's valuable. That's the mm -hmm, that's the kind of mindset I want you to have. You're going to look at it and you're going to, and you get to decide how aggressive you want to be. Like me, I'd probably be like, I'm going to slash it in half. Okay. So I would look at that amount. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do half. Okay. So if, if I spend $500 a month on dancing, I'm going to only allow myself 250 and I'm going to get so meticulous about how I spend this dance money and I'm going to keep track. Okay. And it might take a little practice. You might like, whoop, I spent the whole 250 in two weeks. Damn. So for the next two weeks, I'm not dancing. And that was me. Like, <laughs> That was me in December. I was like, oh, spend by a lot of amount. I guess I'm just going to go to the gym and do some grooves at home. And it's fine. It's OK. If you're still like intentional about where you spend your time and your physical energy, you're still going to be a better dancer. Remember that episode? Mm -hmm. Go back and look at that episode. There's other things that you can do besides dance class that will make you a better dancer. So I want you to take that amount slash and a half or maybe you just want to do a third. OK, maybe you don't want to be too aggressive. 
I, I wouldn't recommend completely Xing out dancing to like do a complete overhaul. Like we still want to dance, right? I'm, I'm still with you on that. Um, but just decide how aggressive you want to be and then allocate that money towards the thing you want to do outside of dancing. Like if I'm, you know, saving for retirement, I'm going to take that 250 that I have extra a month and I'm going to put it in retirement. And then I'm going to take that other 250 and I'm going to dance with it. You know, I'm just going to be a little bit more strategic about where I dance. You guys know that I'm here to support you. If you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. I love that you guys DM me and you guys say, hey, I really like this week's lesson. I really liked this example, whatever it may be. I really enjoy when you guys reach out to me and have those conversations because it makes me know that I'm reaching out. I'm, I'm reaching you guys. And that's what my goal is. <laughs> so go out there, do your homework this month, this week. If you want to start next month, it's okay. And uh, make sure you send this to a dancer that you know is just, they just be going crazy with the classes and the spending. I know, I know you see them friends. Friends, we're trying to help you, okay? Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure that you join my mailing list if you want to work with me in the future as a coaching client. And I will talk to you guys later. <laughs>